Before we kick off this all-new episode of Geek in the City Radio, in fact, the last episode for 2021, I want to mention our sponsors that help keep this show free for you. First up is Guardian Games. Find them over at 345 Southeast Taylor Street. They are uh, updating their hours for basically today through, uh, through New Year's Day. So on Thursday, they're going to be open because of weather from 11 to 6. New Year's Eve, uh, 1231. They will be open just from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. So their folks can have some, enjoy themselves uh, after a uh, after a rough holiday. Because if you're in retail, all holidays are rough holidays. And then on New Year's Day, they'll be open at 12 p.m. to 10 p.m. So pretty much going back to their regular hours from that. Um, so yeah, if you got that gift card or maybe you got some some holiday cash that's burning a hole in your your nerd wallet, then get yourself down to Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And while you're there, thank them for being a sponsor of this very show, Geek in the City Radio. And then before we officially start the show, also forget, also don't forget to uh, head on over to Bridge City Comics. Um, You know, the Book of Boba Fett just dropped like yesterday or whatever. And uh, if you can't get enough of that one-time very silent uh, bounty hunter, then get yourself to Bridge City Comics, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue. There is all manner of Star Wars comics, of course, that feature your favorite bounty hunter, now turned criminal mastermind, or as we will see. Uh, In fact, I think there was an arc that just wrapped up called The Bounty Hunter War, which sounds pretty dope, and I'm definitely going to go check it out. You can find that at Bridge City Comics. So find them, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue. You can also find them online at bridgecitycomics.com. No matter how you find them or how you get to them, make sure to give them a huge thank you for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio, which we're going to kick off now. It's been a long, long week. Why don't you spend some time with geeks? So many issues today into which we must delve. We're gonna talk about the stuff that makes you scream and shout. Hit the red alert. We're going more factor 12. Thanks for pressing play. Why, hello, and welcome to issue 628 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. And I'm your other, other host, Cable Hush Tommy. And, and I'm not Beanerita. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I am Merrick. Hello. Hello. Where is it? Sorry, I'm trying to mute the back end of my Twitch channel, and I can't find it now. It's in that one place. Behind the thing, I know. I keep talking, cable. Oh. Tonight, oh, and on I can Geek see the City. chat. Yes, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, that's all right. Tonight on Geek in the City Radio, we're going to be talking the end of Hawkeye, um, the new Matrix Resurrections movie, and we have our special Matrix expert, uh, Merrick Monroe, neologist. Yes. Yes. <laughs> sort of. Yes. Oh, thank God. There's a mute button. Sorry. Yes. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Look, to be fair, 
Um, <laughs> this is only like one month on Twitch, so I'm still getting used to certain things on it. Yeah, I was looking back and I didn't realize that we've only been using this for a month now. So. Yeah, no, huh? Yeah, like I signed up like years ago, but then did that old man thing of like I don't know how it works and never came back. To it. I don't know. Twitch what that's is complicated, like so. Yeah, I I got really annoyed at first when I was like, the whole point of Twitch is to stream video, but it doesn't actually have its own video streaming software. I'm like, no, but there are five like independent free versions that you can fuck around with for three hours and maybe get it to work. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I was like, this is dumb. And I think I just walked away. And then I found a place that I like that works that streams to it for us. So, hello. Yeah, this has been a, a pretty good service for us this month. Uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate that it's getting us widespread viewers and everyone can check in where they want to rather than being forced to go to Facebook. That's the big plus. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of that. So, mm-hmm. Well, how is everyone? I have an idea since we're all sipping a version of whiskey of how things are going. Oh, Merrick, Cheers. that's a hefty. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> Cheers. Merrick's glass is huge. It's not all whiskey. It's a whiskey ginger. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past me, but... Yeah. Uh, homicidal Cow, I don't know if Geek and City is ever going to stream from a hot tub. Um, that'll that'll get your Twitch taken down. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Even if uh, we're, like, one. clothed and in a hot tub? Mm-hmm. How clothed? Well... Like, because bikinis don't count. Apparently, you can still get your Twitch taken down. Well, there's not one. If I can't wear my two piece, then I'm not doing it. I guess, I guess you can. I'm sorry. Oh well. The people will never get to know. <laughs> I think they'll survive. Um. Anyway, uh, before that came up, how is everyone doing? <laughs> uh, it is the week after Christmas in retail, which means it's returns week, Ugh. and. And gift card week. Yeah, sorry about that. That I feel sublime on that one. You know, oh, or I added to it. Meh, you're fine. Yeah, you're the, you're the, you were the least um, obnoxious thing I had to deal with all week. Yay! <laughs> Who returned shit to Guardian? I mean, unless it's a book they already have, and like the whoever didn't think to ask, I guess books or games that they like. So someone returned a, a copy of. I think it was Wingspan today. It's like, oh, they already had this. And he walked off and came back with games that cost more than what he paid. So he paid more. I'm like, this is how this is supposed to work. Great. Yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I guess that's okay. Yeah. Um, that's what most returns look like at Guardian. Yeah, I'm thinking of my Walmart era years. The returns are very, oh. very different. That sounds terrifying. It was awful. It yeah. was. Oh, sorry. I. You can get PTSD from retail. I mean, just straight up saying that. 100%. 100%. Yeah. 110. I can't do yeah. that. <laughs> My favorite is when they would buy something on like Black Friday for a Christmas present and then want to return it because now it's the regular non Black Friday price. And you're like, no, man. You're, you're paying. You're getting back exactly what. But it was old school Walmart, which means if you made enough noise, they got whatever they fucking wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
People always think they're gaming the system when they do that. It's like, we, we know, we know these tricks. One person yeah. did it. And then a company wide email went out. That's yeah. <laughs> right. All and it's not like, person- and it's not like that company really Walmart's going to fight you on a return. Like that's their whole shtick. Because yeah. I have this standing rule of my family is like, do not buy me anything from there. I will return it out of spite, which I got to do like 10 years ago. I felt really bad. My abuela bought me something. She was so proud of it because she knows what I wanted. I didn't tell her. I went and rebought it like at Macy's or Target or some shit. So I still gave aim to the corporate machine, but I really, I literally marched it back to Walmart. Or what's wrong with it? I'm like, nothing. Well, why are you returning it? Do you have an extra? No. Why are you returning it? Spite. You can't, and it was like that Seinfeld episode, like, you can't return for Spite. Yes, I can. So like, well, I, we have, I, and I was like, I, and finally I was like, look, I worked for Walmart for five years. It literally, this was at an Oregon, at a, at a Portland store. I was like, the picture back there is the district manager. It's the same DM that was in the Susanville one. So like, I, I, I know what he's going to say. So just, I'll hang out here. I'm not going to fight with you. I'll just hang out till you like run up the chain and they eventually <laughs> say, give him his money back, and give him the fuck out of the store. And to the person's credit, they went, yeah, that's fair. And they just like gave me money back. <laughs> like if somebody told me they were returning something based purely on spite, I would not question it. I'd be like, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Good on you. <laughs> here <Yeah>. you go. <laughs> that happened to me once when I worked at Tiva, this woman came back in with like, a really nice Bowen statue. And we had a rule that if you'd open any of the statues, if they weren't broken, you're like, no, we don't take them back. And, um, I, you know, I opened it and I said, there's something wrong. Is it broken? She's like, no, but I found out that my boyfriend's a piece of shit on Christmas day. So I took this away from him and I want my money back. And I'm like, I am giving you your money back, madam. Good for you. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I even I got in trouble right. from like management, not in trouble, but like, you know, at the time, like Andrew's like, dude, why did you take this back? There's nothing wrong with it. I said, it was a gift from a girlfriend and her boyfriend was a piece of shit. And he was like, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, what do you say at that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fine. If, that's if you look at that and your thought is, no, I would have reacted the same way. You can't get mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I was tempted to give her, like, an extra 10% just because. <laughs> Get yourself something nice. There you go, yeah. Here's a consolation prize since mm-hmm. you lost the boyfriend. Yeah. Here. I'm going to I'm gonna toss in this hardback collection of Sandman Volume 1, too. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Yeah. That's a good thing. So what else are we doing today other than retail reminiscing? Laundry? I, or are we t- <laughs> I was trying to throw the cable. Like, come, let's do the thing. Let's do the show I, thing. I, I forgot. Like, it's the first week after Christmas. I, I was seeing if, like, it, you know, Merrick has is now enjoying year two, year Christmas two, out of retail. Yeah. That's so. why she has such a nice glow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the spite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, She's no, de-aged a little bit. I'm just going to agree that retail PTSD is real. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's the worst. Um, but beyond that today, uh, we're going to talk about the Matrix Resurrections as well mm-hmm. as the Hawkeye Season 1 kind of, not recap, but our, our thoughts on the whole season kind of thing. You know, so. Manji's on the table. Yeah. That's fine. Um, 
Is it Hawkeye season one or is it just Hawkeye done? You know, I'd have to go back and rewatch that last episode and see if Disney lists it as series finale or season finale. Hmm. Um, I got the impression it was a, a kind of one and done setup. That's what I thought too, but I also kind of assumed that was going to be Loki. And then that's not what they did. It's true. Um, but there's also a lot of other Loki books and like... They didn't say which Loki, so. That's true. What's more likely, if I, like, were to trust my gut, we're going to get a Young Avengers series, since they're all, like, leading into that. You know, even the the new the new Doctor Strange trailer flat out shows America Chavez. Like, it does, they're mm-hmm. not even trying to, like, hint at it. Like, nope, there she is, front and center. It's her, it's her from the back, but it's her. Did I tell you a thing about the Lego set that I found out? Did when I say the Lego set shows the monster? It shows the monster, and I saw a review for it, and they talk about the, the set, and they review the minifigs. The America Chavez minifig comes with a tiny one-by-one uh, one round tile that has a rainbow printed on it. So as far as I can tell, America Chavez comes with a pride button. <laughs> Makes sense, because the character's canonically, she's bi, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, her exchange with Kate Bishop in Young uh, Young Avengers is still one of my favorites. Oh, I have to rewatch like, that one. Um, or read it, I mean. Kate Bishop says something like, "It might be the only straight person on this team," and America just looks at her and goes, "I've seen the way you look at me, Princess. You're not that straight." Okay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh God, I miss that book so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so do we want to jump? Which one do we want to jump into first? Um, I feel like the Matrix will be the longer of the discussion, so let's maybe we do that first. Right, I'm the let's... neutral vote here. Yeah. Well, let's just jump into the Matrix Resurrections. I feel uh, like we should have special effects go right now. I know. Uh, I got nothing. I'm I'm sitting on a desk chair. If I like pop it back, I could do some bullet time. <laughs> oh god! Oh, oh damn it! <laughs> and, and now he's broken everything. Broke the matrix. <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> the part of Aaron Duran will now be played by a ceiling light. This is why Kiana has a stunt double. Hello, I'm just going to use this guy now. The part of your under hand will be played by the hat box ghost. Okay, hold on. No, I just got it. No, the problem is that... Hi. Hi. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've What happens when you wear the blue glasses, see? Things get mm-hmm. all fucked up. Oh. Okay. And I'm back. This is all true. Um... So do we want to, like, are we spoilering things? I mean, I thought about today. I don't know how you accurately review this movie and avoid spoilers. Because the entire fucking movie is a giant spoiler. Like, there's just... Because it's so... Everything about it is meta. Um, (laughs) It's as subtle as a jackhammer. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know that's intentional, and I know that's mm-hmm. we'll get into it. That's part of what making some people mad. They're like, "Where's the subtlety?" And I'm like, "Well, there wasn't a lot of subtlety in the first Matrix. You just 
were so blown dumber. away by bullet time that no one had done before. None of you had seen wire food movies. You're all like, what? I'm like, that, that fucking thing wasn't subtle either. So let's go with um, this one. Less so. <laughs> this is going to be spoiler heavy. And we're just going to review the movie. Yeah. If you have not watched it yet, skip ahead. Right. You'll know it's time to return when you hear bullet time again. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do that. It'll... Bullet time. Yeah. Wow. All right. I don't feel like I can lead any part of this conversation, but I will answer as many questions as I can and provide context. Okay. So um, let's talk about the experience first. Aaron, you watched this on HBO Max, yes? I did, yes. And we watched it in the theater. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that also might color some I, of our perspectives we'll see okay um i don't know how the the I'm just gonna jump around i don't know how the the big effects looked on the big screen but they are perfectly serviceable on a smaller one mm-hmm. um the one thing i immediately noticed is how much smarter and more inexperienced lana wachowski is as an action director now mm-hmm. um especially in some of those scenes, a lot of the scenes with Bug, um, the fight scenes that involve Bug, um, it's just tighter filmmaking now. It just oh, you mean from bugs. Like, bugs, bugs, I'm sorry. From yeah. like the straight up like technical aspect of filming really over the top action, um, she's just better at it now and it just shows. You know, I think the industry as a whole has just gotten better at it. Partly um, because of the Wachowskis and the innovations they put into place with the original Matrix movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're no longer having to pioneer a technology. They now get to play with a refined version of what they pioneered. You know, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Um, I went into it, like, hopeful. Um, I'm not a big fan of Reload and Revolution. Um, especially Revolution. That one, I just remember thinking, like, this just turned into Terminator 3, and I don't care. Like, it, it, I feel nothing for it. Um, spoilers, it was bullshit that they killed the Trinity. Like, I was like, this is all bullshit. Like, all of this is bullshit. I could just sense w, the Warner Brothers execs just hoarding over the Wachowskis being like, you need that fucking money now, now, now. And, and just, they, it just felt so rushed. Like, everything about it. Um, Almost as if the Warner Brothers had said, we're making this movie with her without you. Right. Uh, which is so fucking wonderful. We'll get to that, like the mm-hmm. meta moments of Resurrections, which, again, I know some people are mad about it, but I'm like, no, man, like chef's kiss. Like, I love it. It was brilliant. That was the so whole smart. point of it. Yeah, right? And that's, was... what I, that's what I love. Like, I'm watching it with because Jen was really interested in seeing it. Jen was a huge fan of the Matrix, and again, the, la- the last two like really let her down because she just loved the first one so much. Um, so we were both kind of like cautiously <laughs> like, okay, let's give it a shot. You know, we each like poured ourselves a drink and we hit play at like at like nine o'clock at night on the night it came out on HBO Max. I was like, oh mm-hmm. shit, the Matrix is up, and we get like ten minutes in. And I remember Jen and I almost at the same time being like, oh, fuck, this is what they're doing? All right. Like, that's not what I would have called or expected. And we were kind of doing that skeptical thing of like, mm, 
Another five minutes, we're like, oh, no, fuck it. They're going all in. All right, that's the ride we're getting. Let me get ready. Let me pour another drink. Let's take this fucking ride. And, you know, it has elements to it where I was like, eh, okay. You could... But every movie has that for me where I'm like, eh, okay. But as a whole, like, I was really impressed by it. I don't understand people that don't think it's good. <laughs> I'm right there with you on that. <laughs> um, yeah. I, at every argument I've heard, to me has been like, yeah, that was the point. <laughs> like, and then they fucking cut in scenes to the first Matrix, and it's like it's part of a video game. I'm like, right? That they can't hit you over the head any harder, you guys. We could, we, we could, but short of Kevin Spacey walking in with bloody fingers, going detective, you know, it's like, <laughs> sorry, jumping, crossing movie streams there. Um, I, I think I brought it up a, a couple of weeks ago on the show when we were talking about the lack of subtlety in movies, especially mm-hmm. in the past decade. It's because movies have been subtle. And subtle doesn't work. Subtle, subtle can allow you to have too much room for interpretation. And mm-hmm. then the audience gains too much creative control over the story that they think you're telling them. And it's like, that's what this movie was for Lana Wachowski was no, that was not the story. That was not the point. You completely missed it. You're a fucking dipshit Chad. Yeah. (laughs) And I love watching like exactly. And I've loved over the past few days watching really aggro white dude red pill Joe Rogan folks lose their mind over being betrayed by this movie, I'm like, you just didn't get it the first time. Like, the very first movie, you didn't get what they were saying. They're like, you can't control what the red pill or the blue pill means. It already means more than you meant it. So you're wrong, and you should check yourself. Like, cry more. Yeah, and Lana's (laughs) like, well, it's my movie, actually, so... Yeah. I'm gonna tell you exactly. Homicide of Fire Call. They're called Bro Jogans. God damn it. That's pretty good. (laughs) Nice. I like that. I like that. Yeah, um, um, yeah go ahead. Like, jump in. I will just ramble on. So, I do think that, uh, as a, a side note, I, I think if you also watch the Wachowskis Sense Eight series, mm-hmm. it's also full of lovely Easter eggs and and tangential references, as yeah. well as resurrections. Is yes, resurrections. Sorry, what did I say? Just, I was just specifying. If you oh, watch okay. Sensate, there are kind of Sensate references or uh, references to other Wachowski properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mostly cast that they pulled in. Mm-hmm. Um, crap! There was a thing. Go ahead and jump in, Merrick. I'm thinking. <laughs> um, well, regarding like viewing experience, so we we went and saw it in the theater because the original was even the full trilogy. I'll say it; um, they yeah. were all super important to me and like huge in my personal life. And like, I'm an unabashed fan, and I will argue the validity, validation, or no validity. validity. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll argue the validity of all three movies till I die. I will die on that hill. So I really wanted to see it in the theater. Um, And I knew that being on a bigger screen, I would be more willing to forgive 
any smaller sticking points because I would be more in the experience of it. Like thinking back to, I think it was the third movie um, where they had the Smith battles and everything, like everything was huge and blown up and thousands and hundreds of Smiths attacking at once. And there was a lot more CG and there was a lot of Neo flying around in his trench coat. And the mm -hmm. CG on the trench coat looks abysmal on a smaller screen. But when I was in the theater, I was like, this is fine. Everything is fine. And I didn't question it. So right. I, I wanted that. to give myself that buffer to enjoy it for what it was, regardless of maybe the CG wasn't great here. Maybe this line was a little cheesy. So yeah, that's why I put I picked the bigger screen. Yeah, I wouldn't mind going to catch it in the bigger screen now, because I'm sure there's just a grandeur that I, I missed in it. Uh, but in a weird way, it made me more story focused. You know. Depends on how big your TV is. I mean, it's never big enough. How close you're sitting to it. <laughs> We're pretty far back now. Anyway, we rearranged our living room. Anyway, um, oh, that's right. You have new furniture now. Yes, from asylum. No, can't start that yet. Yep, we'll get um, there. We'll get there. Um, to me, I, I think that. Uh, Okay, I don't have the same relationship with the, the original Matrix um, as Merrick does, but I have heard lots of her arguments over the years. This is why I'm like, please, please be on the show this week. Um, <laughs> if we're going to talk about this. Uh, I appreciate what they were doing in the fact that I, I felt like not only was uh, Lana's action filmmaking on point, I felt like the coming back to the original thesis of the trilogy made sense and why like I get the complaint of well they're just bringing up everything that they've already brought up it's like that's what you have to do when you're proving a thesis it's like if you want to continue the argument you have to bring everyone back up to speed about what the argument is about and what both sides are right and I think all of those arguments were a lot more cogent in this movie than they were, I think, in um, Reloaded and uh, Revolutions. Um, I think of the, the, like, I like the arguments that Neo was having with the, uh, uh, I don't remember what the program's name was in, Revol in Reloaded. It was the guy in the room with all the monitors. The architect. The architect. Um, yeah. I love the the arguments that he was having there, but they were didn't feel like full arguments. And now in Resurrections, all of those things were coming back out of the analyst. And it's like, yep, that's now those arguments are very cogent and very easy to digest and start mm -hmm. thinking about. Um, so I, I, I think that she was, Lana was very successful with that part of the filmmaking. Yeah, I feel like Resurrections is what you get when you give filmmaker the time to tell the sequel they actually want to tell. Mm-hmm. Is the vibe I get from that. Also, quick side note. Has there been a reason why Lily did not work on it? Did she just not have an interest? Or is there a, like... I believe she just didn't want to be involved in the Hollywood... Okay. ...mill. <laughs> That's fair. That particular grindstone that she was just over it for a minute. Okay, that makes sense. There, I was just... there was another Wachowski attached to this, though. Kristen? I, yeah, it was a K. Karen. 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 I don't know who that is. I don't I know either. 
to Google. I know. Here we go. Lily was apparently an EP. Well, I think because they both own the property to a mm-hmm. point. So, yeah, Lily has to be. Yeah. EPs, as far as I know, are just titles. It means yes. that you don't have any power, but you get credit. Yeah, and money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I guess Lily didn't EP. It was Karen. I don't know who Karen is. I don't either. Did Lily change her name? I know now we're just looking around. I'm not sure. Who? Who? I don't know. Maybe she did. Uh, I I can't keep up anymore. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in that family. I can't keep up. Mystery Wachowski, it might have been somebody's partner, too. Yeah, that's true. Oh, fair. All right. That's right. Sorry for setting us down that weird-ass rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Rabbit holes are... Oh, with, with didn't people. even do that on purpose. <laughs> um, I just want to talk about like how great it was to see um, Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss like back together on screen. Mm-hmm. It was like like watching mom and dad get back together again, but for like the most wholesome reasons ever, not because they like had to because of the kids. But because, like, after 20 years, they're like, you know what? You know what? Let's let's do this again. Let's give it a shot again kind of thing. I think some of it is that the language that Lana Wachowski as a filmmaker and a scriptwriter had access to, the language of our culture has changed enough that it opened the room for a lot different conversation. And by repeating a lot of what they did in the first movie in context of modern settings and modern mm-hmm. slang, they could narrow in on current consciousness levels better. Because mm-hmm. that's part of what the problem is with the first one is that current consciousness and socio-political commentary skewed everything to such sides and it allowed them the opportunity to realign everything with language and discussion points that we are currently engaging with as a culture. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to think how I can add to that, and I really can't because that's pretty much perfect spot on there. Um, I, I also appreciate the the weird kind of shift, also that in, like in the first Matrix, you know, it was it was you know, authority and sometimes of government figures that were shown so much power. And now it's, you know, corporations and game companies mm-hmm. that will nickel and dime you to death because they literally are going to get you addicted to their product. And it's like, we're going to do this whether you're involved or not. Like it's, I, I love the idea of that. Warner brothers just sees the matrix as an IP and to Lana, it's a deeply personal film. And I actually feel that way about a lot of the people involved, especially Keanu and Karen Moss. Like, it's a really important part of their lives, and they're very protective of these characters. And Warner Brothers' attitude is always like, I want, we want to sell action figures and video games, and there's going to be a fucking Matrix roller coaster, which I'm amazed there actually hasn't been a Matrix roller coaster, to be honest. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> actually, it'd probably be a pretty dope ass roller coaster. It would be um, fun. Yeah. 
I'm um, sure someone at Universal Studios is working on it right now. It'd be Six Flags, Warner Brothers. Uh-huh. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. I mean, it, but the, but because like, it's both. It is both a a very personal work of art, and it is an IP that generates money. It is both things. Yeah, and I and I kind of appreciate. I don't know what's going behind the scenes, obviously, but I in, in my mind I have this thing where like Warner Brothers was like, could we do another Matrix? And Lana's ad, who was like, sure, but we're doing it my way. Like, we're just, you know, you know, like Warner Brothers is going to have a say in it, but I got the feeling that this was the movie that Lana has been wanting to do for a while. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it felt like it. The whole movie felt deeply, deeply personal to her and to her community, which is so funny when I'm hearing complaints about like, this movie's so queer and, and gay. I'm like, so was the first one. Mm-hmm. Like, were you not paying attention? No. I'm like, no, I thought it was just sexy leather and guns. I'm like, well, I mean, it was that, sure. But it, it where did where did sexy leather come from as a cultural touchstone? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. It came from gay people, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's right and, there. <laughs> and by now, I, and I got to read too much into it, but I now I, I feel like that that aspect of the culture is also like, also, we had to get way more militant so we would stop dying. And Resurrections mm-hmm. is like, no, we're going to fucking push back with our queer asses. We're going to just have, yeah, you've been whooping on us for too long. So we're whooping back now. Mm-hmm. And we can fly. And we can fly. <laughs> and redirect missiles. You know? uh, I, I did point out to Merrick over dinner yesterday that I find it fascinating that this is the second of Keanu Reeves' two major iconic roles, well, three now with John Wick, um, that he's revisited. And there was a lot of the same elements to it. Like with Bill and Ted's uh, Face the Music, Mm -hmm. there is a lot of him recognizing he's older. He's still seen it as, as as a chosen one, but he has more of a realization of like, yeah, but I'm not the only one. And I and I can be a, a what did you call America a catalyst? He's a uh, catalyst, to, yeah. Yeah, to be a catalyst for the change that he wanted to see in the world, and mm-hmm. and ultimately he's there to kind of get out of the way of the other people who are also coming forward. And like in Bill and Ted, it was uh, Ted's daughter and Bill's mm-hmm. daughter, and in this now it's it's Trinity moving forward. It's like, oh yeah, I like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, he flat out says, like, it's her story. It's not mm-hmm. mine. You know. Um, yeah. Uh, Which I, like I get why he would have come back for both of, to do both of these movies. Right. Being faced with, like, this is the story. It's like, yep, that's, I want to do that. <laughs> right. I like the comment. Face of Music and Resurrections both have themes of messiahs who don't get to, don't see the world reach the utopia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is I could kind of agree with parts of that. Um, well, in in context of the plot, like Neo never believed that he was the one. Every opportunity true. that somebody said, "Hey, you're the one. You're the one that's going to change everything," and he was like, "I'm not the one that's going to change anything," mm-hmm. and he's not the one that changed anything. It's mm-hmm. everyone else that changed something. 
all of this change happened to the real world and to the machine human alliance well neo was back in the matrix basically asleep right so like he didn't change anything his influence impacted other people but it wasn't him he just catalyzed their awareness enough that they felt in control of themselves enough to enact that change yeah it, no exactly it's the whole like the thought of that throughout whatever religious text or whatever you know a messiah or a prophet they rarely claim to be the ones that are going to fix the world the best they ever claim to be is if, if i can just inspire and change enough in you like i'm not going to be the one who does it because one mm-hmm. person can't do it mm-hmm. you know that sends you right back to a, a dictator like you can't like one person can't do it but we can inspire you know they can inspire or whatnot and yeah that's very much what this felt like which spinning off of that i was a big fan of not all the machines being evil mm-hmm. like, i love the new morpheus i was like at first i was like oh shit you're not like a person like you know what you know what i mean you're not you know flesh and blood biological human biological human yeah you're oh but he is still a life form yeah which means that everything that happened in the previous movies wasn't all in vain like there was changes mm-hmm. made so much that the matrix had to do a on a reboot it had to be like well we got to do a little we got to do a course correction here kind of thing mm-hmm. that's how we get that's you know where this movie stems comes from they patch i really out. like that you know which is why i'm always very polite to any robot that i have this is why I say please and thank you to Siri. Mm-hmm. I don't have that, but I have the, the robot vacuum cleaner. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, good job, robot. And he goes, beep, beep. I'm like, good job. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, the robots <laughs> that dislike me are the, the ones that are robocalls. Robocalls, I'm just, I just hang up on them. And I know that's yeah, terribly that's impolite, but. <laughs> that's I, fine. Yeah. Those are the robots that are going to come after me. It's like, no, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I feel like this is a movie I need to watch multiple times before I can really have like one cohesive thread of thoughts. Because right now it's just, oh, in this part. Oh, and that suggests this. So, mm-hmm. That's, That's my that. plan for the next month while it's still streaming is I'm just going to watch it once a week at least. I should have watched it one more time before at least we did this show. So that's that's a failing on my part for sure. Um, I, I got to do that with Shang-Chi, so, you know, it's only fair. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I'm curious. I feel like, and I remember thinking this when I got like 20 minutes into this movie. I was like, oh, there's not going to be a middle ground on this movie, though. I have yet to meet someone who went, eh, it's fine. It's a sci-fi flick. Like, there's, there seems to be no middle ground on how people feel about it. They either think it's great with amazing things to talk about or it's, you know, regurgitative meta nonsense and they're angry at it. Mm-hmm. I think in time those neutral parties will come. But when you're still within the first week of release... And it's a holiday weekend. The people that have watched right. it are the people that are committed to having an opinion about it. So in three months' time, there will be people that are like, oh, yeah, I did watch that. Right. It was, it was yeah. like the first one. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of that for sure. 
sure it was. <laughs> I, I think one of the fun things that we did is the same day when we got after we watched the movie, we ended up watching another Wachowski movie, hmm. Jupiter Ascending, which oh, I haven't yeah? seen before. Have you seen it? I have. It is. I get why. <laughs> That's I, an opinion. Yeah, I get why everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh, this is this is not a good movie." It's like you're correct. It is not a good movie, but it's not an awful movie. <laughs> no, no, it's not awful. I'm just like, all right, okay. I'm. I also noticed that there's a lot of tech that shows up in that and design that I'm like, okay. Who's the production designer on Star Trek Discovery that is borrowing heavily from this movie? <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of them are borrowing from older writings anyway that are just now being pushed into pop culture creation and whatnot. So true, but I mean, like the the designs of the the family ships seem to be repeated in the designs of the Klingon sarcophagus ship. The uh, the modifiable fighter ships look exactly like books ship. Mm-hmm. It's like, like the nanomaterial stuff. Right. Even it's like, the hull interfaces being projected mm-hmm. and vertical instead of slanted. Yeah. The, A lot I feel of similarities. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like there's someone from, that was on the production of that movie that moved over to Discovery and went, eh, nobody watched Jupiter's Ascending. Let, let's just throw this in here and see if no one's going to notice. No yeah, right. And and the actor. Oh yeah. Then there's David Ajala. <laughs> he was in that as like one of the bounty hunters going after. Oh, is he really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But you know, to your point, Aaron, you talk about how the directorial methods are more concise for resurrections. Mhm. And that wouldn't be the case if they hadn't made movies like Jupiter Ascending. And if they hadn't shifted format to working on a short format weekly TV show kind of thing, like they did with Sensate, that had very scripted uh, fight choreography that was very complicated due to the Sensate mechanics that I Mm -hmm. won't get into because we're not spoiling that here. No, I did love that show. So like, in as much as Bound was their resume for having a bigger budget for shooting the matrix. And that was how they showed they understood the concepts that they wanted to throw more money at for the first matrix. Mm -hmm. They've had uh, two decades since then to, well, less than because of the two and three movies, Mm -hmm. but they've had a lot of time to play around with other styles of cinematography and directing and action sequencing and continue to hone their craft. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of their big jumps... For me, their two big jumps were V for Vendetta and Speed Racer. Mm-hmm. Um, Goddamn, people need to rewatch Speed Racer. It's so good. It's so good. I saw it in 3D, and then I left the theater and my eyes were bleeding. <laughs> that is a movie that I, I waited on and didn't see until it was on DVD, and I kicked, I regret not seeing that on the big screen. I, Sometimes it's a super nerdy, but sometimes I will put on Speed Racer, Speed Racer, Speed Racer and mute it, but only play like the fucking Tron Legacy score in my head while I watch it. Mm-hmm. It kind of works really, really well. Um, Probably uh, better than fun. Tron Legacy. 
yeah. Well, Tron Legacy also works really, really well if you turn off the audio and just play this the music. This is true. Um, that does remind me of something, though. When I was watching Resurrections, I was getting a really strong Tron Uprising vibe. The yeah. animated stuff. I was like, yeah. I was, not to like say anyone was taking anything. I just had this moment of like, oh, this could be the exact same fucking universe. Like yeah, because one, but once the machine side, one, yeah, I was like, whoa. There are a lot of um, similar themes and repeated themes that came from that both Resurrections touched on and Trump Uprising touched on. Mm-hmm. And if you were dis- if you're a listener that was disappointed with Tron, um, the second Tron movie, Legacy, Tron Legacy, go watch Tron Uprising. It oh. is. It is the sequel that you wanted. If you can find it. Was it not? It should be on Disney Plus. That's unfortunate. It should be. Uh, I could, you know. Who do we think? Send them a tweet. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's not on Disney Plus for the same reason they actually ended up canceling it. Because apparently its ratings were okay. But something about a, you know, an animated property geared toward kids and young adults that's all about fighting against a massive corporation that maybe doesn't have your best interests at heart and that maybe you're being fed a bunch of bullshit propaganda to keep consuming mm-hmm. was a hard sell for Disney. Sorry. And they're like, wait a minute, we're doing mm-hmm. what on our own channel? Oh, fuck this. And they still got Clone Wars up. That's true. <laughs> yeah. They have what? Up? Uh, Clone Wars. Oh, oh right. says it, says oh. it is on Disney plus. Okay. All right. I stand corrected then. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Also, can we just talk about how frighteningly well Neil Patrick Harris can play a bad guy? He's great. So he's yeah. so good. Um, and like quick sidebar, he's in a very Harold and Kumar Christmas. It was a ridiculously stupid movie that I kind of love. And he's brought back in that. And he there's was? a scene. That, hmm? I don't remember that. He is, because even though he died in the previous movie, they explain that when he goes to heaven, he's immediately getting hand jobs from girls. So Jesus 86 him back to earth. Because <laughs> he's ruining the vibe in heaven. Which I love that there are so many properties where Neil Patrick Harris is literally the straight guy. And he's like a hound dog mm-hmm. creeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anytime he's a villain, he's like, Hello. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, um, okay. And I, I do love in Harold Kumar. He introduces himself as Neil Patrick Harris. I played Private Dada and Starship Troopers. Like he still references that shit. <laughs> but he's so he's not he's... like overtly like um, scary like Agent Smith was. Menacing. No, but he is menacing. menacing. That's what I wanted. The menacing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's dangerous with a smile of like, oh, you're telling me what you're going to do to me, but you're still really charming. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, Agent Smith, and I'm specifically, I'm specifically saying Agent Smith as opposed to Smith from this right. movie. Yeah. Agent Smith was very much about control. You are wrong. You're getting it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You don't understand it. And your life would be better if you allowed me to control it. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, Neil Patrick Harris, what's his character name again? The analyst. The, the analyst. analyst. He's all about 
Well, you might not be wrong. What are you feeling? What do you want to be feeling? And he like puts it in, he, he frames it like you're in control, even though he's fully in control of the situation. Mm-hmm. But you might be in control because you chose to go to that office. You chose to tell him about that experience. Mm-hmm. Like it's your choice in that same feedback loop where you have no choice. Yeah. So it's about framing. And that's mm-hmm. very uh, comparable to modern politics. It is. And it, it also gives off that, like, which again is comparable to modern politics. It kind of gives off that very narcissistic abuser vibe of like, hmm. you can do whatever you want. You know, just. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not, no, I'm not mad at you. I'm upset that you think I'm mad at you. And I was like, like, that's the vibe you get of like, oh, I guess it is my fault then. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'll, go take, I'll go take my pills. You know, it's like, um, it, overall, the cast was fantastic, but I just, everyone I thought was stellar in the movie. I, I appreciate that he's able to play a villain as both mustache twirling and over the top. And yet, also with the same depth of character that we see and love in villains were like, yeah, I get why that bad guy is doing it. Mm-hmm. The relatable Loki vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Loki, Kingpin, um, Wenwu. It's not his fault he's like this. It's his past and he's damaged and that's why mm-hmm. he's saying these things. Right. And you should be more understanding. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I appreciate that he's able to do both of those in the same character. It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was super fun. Mm-hmm. He was really fun. I'm not sure how much more we can keep going without. I feel like we, I feel like we need to come back like in a month. Because I'm sure, I'm sure Denise is going to have thoughts too. And then we can both have you on, Merrick. Sure. And Cable and I can walk away. Yes. We'll we'll just sit here and do this. I'll keep an eye on the chat. <laughs> give us give us all time to rewatch the full quadrilogy. Yeah, I should do that. I did watch the first one a few weeks before, but I Yeah. I I think also add in the animatrix to that and Maybe a playthrough of Into the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize how important the fucking game was. Like, to this movie. I was like, holy shit. I, w- I wish I had been able to finish that. Like, the first time I, around that I was playing it, I just couldn't get past the goddamn helicopter at the airport. Oh, my God. <laughs> <That's a bad laughs> one. Well, Into the Matrix was a game that suffered from technology. It had big ideas and tech had not caught up how to pull that God, out. God, it was buggy as shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I had also played the online role-playing game, Matrix Online. I had been in the beta for that. So I played that for about six months prior to its public release, shortly after which it was acquired by Sony. And mm-hmm. Sony just shit the bed with it. And it died a filthy death soon after. Yeah, I was trying to think, how long did it last? I don't know. Not long. Yeah. Because they what? They rolled it into 
they used the code to roll into City of Heroes. Was that what they did? I think. I don't. I stopped caring about any MMO RPG that Sony did after that because I was like, "Fuck you! You ruined the Matrix." (laughs) (laughs) I was in it. I had my character. I could do bullet time, and then you, you. What what is it uh, in games when all the characters are like T squaring? Is that what it's called? Oh, I don't know. When when the characters aren't reacting the way they're supposed to, and they just stand there with their arms out like a T. Oh, right. That's how that game ended. It's just every NPC just standing there. <sighs> it was creepy. Uh, that is kind of creepy. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> it was just very sad. <laughs> When I say I was very invested in the Matrix properties in my youth, like, I was very invested. <laughs> I mean, None of my vinyl has made it this long, because vinyl is cheap and plastic and it falls apart, but it lives in my heart. But it's still there. It's there. You <laughs> still have a trench coat in your heart. Mm-hmm. I got, like, three in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> This is true. Yes. I don't even know how many patches I have at this point. <laughs> and that's like, for me, being like a nerd that also cares about fashion and goth fashion, I'm like, there's going to be so many accessible fashions that come out of this. I'm going to like blow my wardrobe up with this. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Silver lining, even if the movie sucked, I knew I had accessible fashion to look forward to. Yeah, there's probably going to be a line from what's that company? Um, milk. Uh, oh, milk. They did the Witcher one recently. They did the Witcher one. I saw I the Witcher one. I didn't like that either. Uh, I was like, they look really cool. Yeah. I don't like their stuff. I think it's kind of cheesy. No, it's no. not for me. I don't wear graphic prints really, so this is like the most color I wear. That's fair. So. Maybe Volante will get the license to do Matrix clothing. <laughs> Could they? So many they asymm- need... asymmetrical jackets. Do they mm-hmm. need somebody to test it? I'm <laughs> in. I'll beta test it. We'll let them go. We'll let, we'll find out. See what we can do. We'll get them back on the show. Yes, we should. <laughs> well, I feel like we should slowly move into Hawkeye here. I think so. But before we do that, oh. let's talk about our friends at uh, PDX Asylum. Yeah. Let me bring them. They're at 3713. Uh, Southeast Hawthorne Boulevard, across the street from the historic Baghdad Theater. Where I think they're showing the Matrix. (laughs) You know that or or Spider-Man. They're showing one of the two. Yeah, that's that's the next thing we need to watch now, is go see Spider-Man. Yes. Um, I do know that Anton and Deb and everyone at uh, PDX Asylum, I'm, I'm presuming it's not just them, right? Right now, it is just them, yeah. Okay. Well, then it's just the two of them. They wanted to say thank you to everybody that came out and uh, really helped them have a successful holiday season this year. Um, you know, they, they're having hard times just like everybody, and this they people really came out in full force for them. So good yeah. job, folks. We but, still need to hit them up and look for a, some new lamp lighting stuff. They have cool lighting stuff. That we do. We need um, to take a field trip. They and... have really fun, like, touch lighting, like the kind where you touch mm-hmm. it to make the power. No. Oh, you don't like those? No. Oh, well, then never mind. They, they don't those... have that. No, they have that. 
ghost ghost? turned them on. Yeah. (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't know that, Aaron. Uh, I don't have any. Good. That's how you know is because they're not turning on your touch lamps. Oh, well, I was going to say that the other cool thing about this one lap is it has the, um, it has the, it has the, what's it called? You can just charge by touching. God damn. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. We just put your phone on it. Yeah. Oh, it has that wireless. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, that lamp has that. But if the ghost can fuck with the lamp, they'll fuck with your phone too. Mm Mm-hmm. Touch lamps are tricky, too, because if you have a cat, your cat will turn, learn how to turn it on. Or oh, a dog, if it's low enough. That's uh, fair. All right. So then every time your cat wants to be fed at 3 a.m., it's going to go over and turn your nightstand on. <laughs> all right. Well, don't get the touch lamps that they sell. Just saying, fair warning. All right. I think I have touch lamp trauma. <laughs> but good news is that they're uh, open all their regular hours up until January 1st. All right. They are open from uh, noon to 4 every yep. day. Uh, and then they're closing on January 1st for inventory. Yep. And then, and then after that, they're back to their Friday and Sunday only, noon to mm-hmm. four. Or by appointment. Friday through Sunday, not Friday and Sunday. Yeah, Friday through Sunday is what I meant. I apologize. Noon to four. And then, yeah, you can make appointments too. They're really easy with getting getting contacted. They're really fine with making an appointment. Yep. Um, they but will the, be closed. Yep. January 22nd, 23rd, because uh, they're going to their trade shows, which we have had... I think we've had Anton before once after a trade show because he shared that video of him on the bus showing how long it took to drive past all the tents that were holding Hmm. all the potential product. And it was like a three minute video. Yeah, it was intense. It was intense. And he was like, every single vendor bids a house, builds a house. That was an unintended pun. Unintended? Oh, God damn it. Uh, That was. See if you knew how I felt about knew how I felt about puns. All of my puns are unintended. Mm. Okay. How dare you? Oh, we dare. We we do we do dare. But yeah, uh, follow them on Facebook. It's uh, Facebook dot com. Is it PDX under PDX Asylum? Yeah, if you just type in PDX Asylum on Facebook, it comes right up. And that's really yeah. the best place to follow them, or Instagram. I think Instagram seems to be a better place to follow them. Go follow. You know? I d- which platform you like. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I did. I want to take a look. Following them uh, on, on any social is tricky because they post a lot of good stuff. It's a lot of good window shopping. So, yeah. Was- so... We're gonna have to we're gonna have to go to the tape, but last week I, I put out a challenge to help them bump up their numbers. Oh right, on Instagram. How much did I? How many numbers did I? Followers did I say they were they're, at? They're still at two ninety six. They're still at two ninety. Okay. Well, I think they were at two ninety before. So. Well, that's remember something. we have a huge audience, but they are incredibly lazy. I love you all, <laughs> but this is so easy. You just. You push it. It's all over this. Remember, you can also say hi to us if we're like in the store. Yes, you can do that too. It's actually better to say hi than get an email a week later being like, I watch you at Fred Meyer, but I didn't know what to say. <laughs> like, well, great. Glad to know that I was probably like pulling underwear out of my butt when you're like, there's Aaron Duran. I don't want to say hi to him because he's just too impressive. Unless I'm like, Argh. 
I, I, I do <laughs> at least uh, I do appreciate. Thanks, homicidal fire cow. Two nine to seven. Good job. Just make sure if you see your favorite podcaster out in public and you want to go say hi, like introduce yourself and also include your username. Like, yes. hey, I'm Mike and I go by this username on chat. That is otherwise, very true. I've had so many people introduce themselves to me and be like, hey, we have this mutual friend. Okay. And you are? <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, that Merrick's a snob. It's like, I'm Dave. It's like, great. Oh. So is yeah, one funny. third is of Dave, Portland. There is, a, there is a Dave the Great that follows us, so that was funny. Yeah, that's that's our friend Dave. Yeah. I actually know him. <laughs> so unless you're Dave the Great, also give us our on, your online name. You won't know it. But yeah, don't email us like me like a week later. Being like, I saw you at Guardian. I didn't want to bug you. But it was cool that you were looking at that one game. I'm like, whoa, you even know what I was doing? Like, you could Thanks. just come Did you up. buy it too? What huh? did you think of it? Like, I hope they went and bought the game after stalking you. I had one fan one time that started sending me pictures of them finding me in public. So always the most unflattering from behind as I'm bending over. I'm like, and I finally had to tell him, like, you got to quit doing that, man. Like, that's... You have to stop doing that. That's a little creepy. Yeah. I was like, just come say hi. Okay. Just come say hi. And he, because he would post them. He's like, I saw Aaron Duran today. And I'm like, oh, lovely. I at least have the option of unintentionally walking up going, hi, is there anything I can help you with today? And they're like, "Uh, you're, no, I'm fine. Hi, Cable. I listen to the show. (laughs) Run away. Yeah. Well, you did that to me yesterday in the store. I did because I was I was just shopping and I hear a, hey I'm like, I didn't even do that I just walked up I, I stood right beside you for a good forty five seconds before you noticed I was there. Uh, you don't trigger my spidey sense. I don't trigger most people's spidey sense. God. He's he's not menacing. Yes, that's true. Unless he's trying to be right. It's like when my sister was like five and she'd have nightmares and want to crawl into bed with me because she had a nightmare and I'm her big brother. Instead of just waking me up, she would just stare at me <laughs> until my subconscious went, we're being stared at. Cable's niece does that. Yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah, it's not creepy at all. Nope. It's, gr- it's great. Megan, what are you doing? Can I crawl into bed with you? I had a bad dream. <laughs> How long have you been standing there? Till you woke up. I go, <laughs> okay, go ahead. And then she spreads out and I end up sleeping on the floor. Yep. Yeah, my, my niece has done that to me a couple times. And, and the only thing that gives her away is she eventually starts giggling. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Which, uh, I mean, also terrifying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Asylum. Check them out. 3713. We got to close that ad. I figured that was, if you didn't, I was going to, so. All right, there you go. We're good. Thanks, Anton and Deb. <coughs> Hawkeye. So, Hawkeye. Um, fuck, I loved it. I thought they stuck the landing perfectly. I, it, it did everything that it needed to do. Yeah. Um, 
like the, the fight between Yelena and Clint went exactly the way it should have. Uh, I think that for me, the two big surprises were I didn't see another fight coming in between Kate and Yelena. And now all I want is a Black Widow Hawkeye movie with those two. It was so good. It was so great. I like how you did that table thing. Yeah, but then you punch me and kick me in the gut. Yeah, that was a good I one. love the episode before. Quit making me like you. I can't do that. <laughs> and I know Bean thinks her accent's a little over the top. I don't care. I kind of like it's supposed it to be. You think she's doing it because this is what she thinks Russians, Americans think Russians sound like? Yes, I do. Like, yeah. having watched the assembled episode for Black Widow and listening to her talk, I'm like, oh, right, you're British. Right. <laughs> I keep forgetting that. Yeah, um, but it was. I think she's definitely overplaying it and trying to match what David Harbour was doing with his Russian accent. With his over at the top. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think just Hawkeye just landed it perfectly. Um, I love that. What's his name? The swordsman wound up not being a villain. Mm-hmm. That was a, I like. They legitimately surprised me with that one. I was like, oh. And then I was like, you assholes, are you backdooring introducing Jack of Hearts with this? The dumbest Avenger ever. Maybe. No offense to Jack of Hearts fans, but boy, is that a dumb character. Um, I, I, loved, I loved how he got excited. He was, you know, he was like, that was really myself. cute. It was super cute. Um, I, we're going to jump around here again. Um, the I loved it. Great. When, when Vera Farmiga said, like, is this what heroes do or have their mother arrested on Christmas? And she's like, yeah, I love you, but yeah, you're done wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that was definitely uh, Kate's doctoral thesis. Um, yeah, defending her doctoral thesis that whole episode so that she's like, yep, congratulations. You are now a superhero. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Um. Yeah, it, I thought it was just really well done. Um, I really enjoyed the the moment between Clint and Yelena mm-hmm. that he was totally fine with letting her kill him because he still felt like he deserved it. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. He he felt like it was it definitely deserved by himself. Um. But I, you know, I love it at the end where he's like, she she always talked about you. And I know there's some folks like, when do we ever see that happen? And I was like, well, you know what? They were always reversing Budapest and you never once saw that. So yep. you don't need to see every single thing that they reference because they're building upon it. So, you know, whatever. Jeez. Um, Whereas in, in, in contrast, we actually get to see like Kate and Yelena can now go, hey, remember the time at Christmas in New York? It's like... Yes, we all saw that. We we know what they mean. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. If I had one little bummer, I was really hoping that Yelena was going to get invited to Cliff Barton's mm. house at the end too. I was like, I know it would have been sappy and too much, but like that would have been cool to see her with them. You know, just this dysfunctional the the dysfunctional Avengers. All none of them have powers. Yep. You know, kind of thing. I think her invitation is there. I think that's mm-hmm. got to be a separate visit. Yeah, I uh, I like that Linda Cardellini was apparently Mockingbird at one time for Shield, mm-hmm. which does not negate the Mockingbird from Agents of Shield because names get reused all the time. Um, 
I don't think Bobby Morris has ever called Mockingbird in Agents of Shield. No, but are they called Agent Bobby? She's just called Bobby Morse. Oh, okay, that's fine. I mean, so, um, yeah, there's that I, there's that moment between Kate and Clint that that really kind of is what helps stick the landing. Is when she finally tells him, she's like, like when I was a kid, like aliens are here and there's gods fighting, and there you are with jumping a off stick, a building with a stick and a rope. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, oh, it, in a weird way, it it kind of made me care more about Hawkeye because I yep. I didn't dislike the character, but I was always like, yeah, I mean, you know, you're Hawkeye. He's just Hawkeye. But you're you forget less... in context of seeing him do all these spectacular things with all these other spectacular people, and it's easy to forget he's still just a guy. Yeah, who's barely even wearing body armor. Right, he's just very skilled at a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. Right, which led to probably my favorite line in the entire fucking series when they're having the big fight in the Rockefeller Center and he shoots that one arrow and he peg and he pops one of the, the bros and the bro goes, good shot. And he says, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just the idea of like this one bro telling the greatest archer in the world, that's a good shot. And the answer is like, no shit. Like... <laughs> This is what I do. Really, you got to comment on it. it just this delivered. Is, this is my thing. Perfectly. This is my only thing. Delivered perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved him in the tree with the owl. I thought mm-hmm. that would be cheesy, but it made me giggle. Um, I would have loved it if if we look at him and be like, "Hey, I'm Hawkeye," and the owl would have gone, "Who?" Because <laughs> I'm a dork. Um, yeah, they just nailed it. Like the whole way around. Um, I really enjoyed um, Kate getting to fight the Kingpin. <laughs> Rah. Getting her yeah. ass kicked by Kingpin until she did her tricks. Mm-hmm. Which is what should happen because it's Kingpin. You know. Because um, nobody knows that he's wearing full body armor. Yeah, under his Hawaiian shirt. Mm-hmm. That was apparently his choice. He went D'Onofrio. through. Yeah, D'Onofrio went, I want to this is the, what I want to wear for the show. So it's it's actually from a Spider-Man arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he like didn't... read a bunch of stuff yeah. with Kingpin story arcs and specifically wanted to pull that in. Yeah, I think it was like family issues or family matters. Family issues? Arc. Yeah, mm-hmm. family yeah. something. Yeah, I love that he has his cane back. Mm-hmm. Like ass diamond cane. So great. Um, I also realized by, by choosing that outfit, he... And given that this was a holiday, he was reverse Santa. He was all white with red trim instead of being all red with white trim. It's like and no hair at all, and no hair. It's like yeah. oh, that's really and, good. Fuck, um, <laughs> D'Onofrio was terrifying as Kingpin. Mm-hmm. He's wonderful, and just even that part when I think it was issue issue the episode before. When he's telling Kate Bishop's mom, he's like, I really urge you to reconsider this decision. No, it was all the same episode. Was that the same episode? All... Yeah, because yeah, he's was only a photo in oh, episode five. Oh, my God, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the whole, um, he's the whole enchilada. Yeah. Um, I liked uh, I liked Echo's pseudo face turn, which we kind of knew was coming because she's getting her own series. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I'm looking forward to where the Echo series goes. Um, 
If you think Kingpin's dead, you have not read comics or watched a soap opera once in your life. <laughs> if it's not on screen, it didn't happen. You know what? It, it, it's Kingpin. Even if it is on screen, it didn't happen. We're in the I universe mean, where the Punisher got ha- got shot however many times. Like, you can shoot Kingpin once. Yeah. Fine. Right. Yeah, he'll, he'll be totally fine. Yeah. He got hit by a car and got up. Yeah. Right. He <laughs> got blown up by trigger. Mm-hmm. And he got yeah it's yeah he's he's fine yeah he's fine he's gonna be back to 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 be evil don't worry about it I don't know in what series but he's gonna he's gonna be back he's gonna be evil again no it's fine uh, maybe when they bring Daredevil back to Disney Plus he'll be back I like him just being a potential looming threat in anything and everything yeah I like if your series is all connected to New York like Pink King Kingpin King, King, King could ruin your day at any moment. Sure. Like, yeah. you know, I love the whole thing. Like, don't upset the big guy. Don't get in the big guy's way. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Um, Yeah, this might have, like, jumped to one of my favorite Marvel Disney Plus series. Mainly because I was getting kind of burned out out of everything being the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And this is just a personal story. It's Clint trying to it's help this girl. Story. Yeah, it was Clint trying to help this girl that was trying to help someone and was in the wrong place and had a picture taken of her at the wrong fucking time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. I love that kind of shit. So that Same really with the dog. Yeah. Oh, shit. Indigo's correct. He's probably going to show up in She-Hulk. Oh, that would And Miss Marvel. Yeah, right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Well, doesn't... Miss Marvel is from New Jersey. Yeah, which means like, she's not... Like, not the Picnets. I mean... Yeah, but... but her whole thing is she lives in Jersey City. Right. But, you know, it's the Eastern Seaboard. Kingpin's mm-hmm. got his... You take a train. Yeah, there. it's not even a long train. Um, But yeah, definitely She-Hulk. And mm-hmm. that we're totally going to see Matt Murdock again in She-Hulk. Um, I'm so stoked for that one. Yeah, me too. I am curious how they filmed the fight between um, Kate Bishop and Kingpin, because... I don't know how big Vincent D'Onofrio is, but I think I think Haley's like five ten or five eleven. I think she's taller. She's she is tall. I think like she's tall for Hollywood, which is yeah, one of the yeah. reasons why they cast her. Hmm. Uh, oh, she's five eight. Okay, I guess yeah. it's not super tall, but you are. It's, it's still taller for Hollywood, I guess. But right, like how. It still makes her taller than Kate Bishop, the comic book character. Yeah. Because uh, Indigo says she's as tall as Renner. Okay, I mean, it's fine. And, that, you know, they didn't try to change that, which was cool. Oh, good Lord. I didn't realize Renner was born in 1971. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> that How makes tall is Vincent D'Onofrio, the... then? Hmm? Oh, now, yeah, it's true. We got to... I mean, there was clearly, like, some camera tricks involved and whatnot, but... Plus, he's just imposing. Mm-hmm. Some some backlighting and some uplighting, and that adds a lot of looming threat. Yeah. Oh, he's 6'4". He's a big dude. Oof. That is big. That is very big. Why? And then you put some lifts on the shoes. Put some lifts on the shoes. You pad out all his clothing. You have him he do doesn't that need a neck. Just give him some shoulder pads. Yeah, was Kingpin. He shouldn't have a neck, kind of thing. Um, 
Yeah, but I, you know, I feel like they, I feel like they nailed it. Uh-huh. Um, I had really so much did. fun with Hawkeye. Um, but it was not a tense, like edge of your seat action. It was just kind of like things were happening at a completely normal pace, and I didn't feel stressed by any of it. Like in Loki, they're always right on the brink of disaster, and they better get through this portal within 0.5 seconds, or three worlds are going to die. It was just like, ah. Yeah. Hawkeye was just like... Or like WandaVision, or like, she's rewriting reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, this isn't a dig on Hawkeye, but I never once thought that any of the main characters were in danger of dying. Like, no one felt like they right. could just be taken out for story. I'm like, no, like, even her mom, like, she's not going to be killed as, like, a heroic, you know, a moment to push Kate Bishop on. Um, which is fine. Like, I, like, like you said, Merg, we, like, it's nice to have something that doesn't have the highest of stakes. Mm-hmm. It's, don't let Pizza Dog die. And they didn't. <laughs> and they didn't. Like, there never once that I think Yelena was going to kill Clint. Like, it's just not going to happen. Mm-mm. That, like that sequence or that entire fight went exactly how you knew it was going to because all he had to do is go you have no idea how much I loved your sister and right. th- they yeah. were just going to you know you know, cry it out and hug it out yeah yeah exactly yeah and I love the idea of like in a year they all sit down and have mac and cheese oh man the <sighs> traditional Christmas macaroni and cheese mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's delicious. I know it's delicious. I know it's delicious. It's the it's, it's the box mac yeah. and cheese. Yeah. Yeah. You are done. <laughs> I I can put hot sauce in now. <laughs> she did put a fuck ton of sriracha in that, which for me makes my mac and cheese too sweet. It's not the heat; it's the sweet. She yeah sounds like a jingle. <laughs> it does. It's not the heat; it's the sweet that I don't want in my craft mac and cheese. I don't really get. Yeah, I really did. I, I have gone from I liked Yelena Belova to I love Yelena Belova. Like mm-hmm. she's I I'm really looking forward to seeing her in more of the MCU. Yeah, me too. I I don't Are you think they're gonna do Thunderbolts? You think that's the path they're going? With like her and um it, I feel like it's Patriot. going to be a mashup of West Coast Avengers slash Thunderbolts. Like, because it, it, it's going to be Yelena. It's going to be um, John. His name, right. last name, I can't remember. The U.S. agent. Yeah. Um, White Vision will somehow get involved. Right. And then we've also got Blonsky. That's Abomination, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and in theory, the Abomination is in the same prison that... Uh, Zemo is in. And I think that's where right. it starts to blend the Thunderbolts and the West Coast Avengers in that he's he's somehow got to get involved with this, which is an, antithetical to who he is, because he's like, I don't want to have anything to do with you superpowered fucks. <laughs> yeah, but I also could see Zemo being like, you know what, the fucking government's going to build this team, whether I think it's a good idea or not. So I'm going to keep an eye on him. Like, mm-hmm. to make sure they don't do, like, Avengers bullshit and level a city, you know, in the name of saving the world. You know, because that's kind of his jam. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Indigo, uh, the Abomination is not running free. Uh, after his cage fight, Wong takes him back to his cell. 
I assumed Juan took him back to the raft. He did. Yeah. The, that's what you see in the background is the cell that's on the mm-hmm. raft. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I thought you were going to pull your punches more. <laughs> Are you going to start doing that like we've talked about, Emil? <laughs> uh, Inigo says it better be the Defenders. I mean, I don't see why they can't bring the Defenders back. I mean, spoilers, I, I think all of the Netflix shows are getting absorbed. Because mm-hmm. this is the same fucking Kingpin. People are like, oh, he's acting a little different. Like, no, it's the same Kingpin. And I kept looking know... for that, and he's not. He's not a different version of Kingpin. He's not lighter. He's not funnier. He's not less scary. He's the fucking Kingpin from Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, and everyone knows Matt Burdock has a cameo in uh, No Way Home. Like, they've mentioned it. Oh, it... Every cameo that everyone is rumored we know is in that movie. Like I don't, I don't think that is spoilers yeah. at this point. The the thing that we're all looking forward to see is how did you integrate it into this movie? Yeah. And it's how great. did you pull these people in? When, and when I want to see that. When you see it, you're gonna like it. It's great. It totally makes sense. It's <laughs> it's what Matt Murdock does in the comics. <laughs> Whenever shit goes bad for a hero, just that's all I'm gonna say. It's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. not a big scene. It's not like okay. if you know Marvel Comics, and you know how Far From Home ended. You know exactly what Matt Marduk is doing in right. No Way Home. It's not a. It doesn't take a big leap of imagination. Nope. You know, it's like the fucking Fantastic Four always paying damage control to repair New York. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know another check from the Baxter Foundation. Like yeah, yeah that's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's true. Indigo, yeah, damage control is back because of Hawkeye, which is pretty oh, sweet. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. They just start cleaning everything up. Yep. Um, yeah, Hawkeye was pretty great. Like I don't, I don't have like no notes as the as as the people say. Um, I think the, the Easter egg episodes of having the musical number at the end was great too. It was great, and I love how even that musical number completely acknowledges the fact that no one, even in the MCU, gives a shit about Hawkeye. And they're like, there's Hawkeye! <laughs> like, the character they made up for the musical has a bigger part in the musical. I like to imagine that we return to the musical at the end because it's Yelena sitting in the audience watching it. And she's just sitting there, just like... He's a horrible Natasha. Are you seeing this? Like... <laughs> They did not do that. My sister could do that leap so much better. That is that is not my sister pose at all. That's not a pose. <laughs> That's not how she does that. Oh no, that hair flip is awful. No, no. I get was up it there, in, I was it was it in Black Widow when Le- uh, Elena does the landing? She says, "You got me doing it too." <laughs> yeah, you are a total poser. <laughs> Oh, just brings it back that fight between Kate and Yelena, the next, the you know through the through the building, mm-hmm. you know, and fucking Kate they do that a lot like, in this series. <laughs> they do a lot mm-hmm. of horizontal choreography. Yeah, which was fun. Ooh, now I'm getting a big echo from you. That's weird. Sorry. No, I don't know. Like it just appeared. That's fine. I'm getting close to the end anyway. It's been ebbing and flowing for some reason on on my end too. Like I'm getting echo of myself. So yeah. Uh, speaking of echo, the woman who plays Echo, I really love her performances. Um, she really sells the pain and conflict on her face. Like she just sells that so well. Aqua Cox is that? Mm-hmm. Is that right? 
Yeah. That's a great name. Yep. Yeah. Alakwa. Alakwa Cox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that they really um, went, like, they went, no, we, we need a indigenous um, native actor who is also deaf to play this role. Because mm-hmm. that's what she is in the book. That's what we need in, in an actor. And yeah. they found one. Right. Who also was like, oh, yeah, I want to learn to fight. That'll be great. <laughs> oh, yeah, she was all in. Um, I read somewhere that someone thinks that she didn't shoot Kingpin. She fired the gun next to his ear to deafen him. And I was like, A, that's not what's going to happen. And B, by saying that, you're suggesting that a physical disability is a punishment to give upon somebody. I was like, that's a really shitty take. Just, mm-hmm. just think about that before you speak again next time. And then they called me a woke asshole. So, yeah. and then I blocked them. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yup. Yeah. And I don't think that she would shoot to injure. No, she's, she, she would either commit or not. Yeah, I guarantee she put the gun right to his heart, but he's wearing that bulletproof Hawaiian jacket. What's, what's that dude's name? Melvin? Hmm? Melvin? The, the one that makes all the armor for him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. So. Yeah. Good old Melvin. Yay! So, yeah. I guess that's... I mean, you guys have more thoughts on Hawkeye? I... I did want to mention that uh, Merrick made an observation about the LARPers that I really liked. I love them. That, They're, uh, great. They're great. That the, one of the main reasons why they switch into their costumes while they're trying to lead, lead people to safety is... They were that, like, is it time? I think it's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the whole concept that every civilian in the MCU is now trained to listen to people in costumes. Yep. It's like, oh. They must be a superhero. I'll do what they say. Yeah, yeah they're wearing yeah. armor. I'll do exactly what they say. Because initially, everyone running out of that building, it was just, you know, like ants with no trail to follow. And as soon as they switched into their LARPing gear and started yeah. doing the training that they're actually equipped with as civil responders sort of a thing, mm-hmm. and they're like, let's go this way, keep it going, come on, let's move along, and... Everyone's like, oh, yes, these people in Viking costumes, they know what we should be doing. Yeah. I do love the idea that ever since the first Avengers movie, New Yorkers are just now hardwired to be like, costume means Avenger. I just, mm-hmm. that's just what I think in my head, and I will do what they say because they're going to keep me alive. It's kind of great. But, like, um, now it does because they were working with Hawkeye. This is... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was a lot. Is of Hawkeyes sure. the, the the plural on that? Not Hawkeyes. No, no, Hawkeyes. I think it's Hawkeyes. An area of Hawkeyes. <laughs> yeah, nice. <clears throat> I like that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um. Yeah, and then, like in four hours, if one washes, we have the book of Boba Fett. It's going to kick off. I'm not going to stay up, but... I don't have it in me to do that, but man, oh man. We're, if we had plans tomorrow, I'm canceling them. We're, we're watching that. We don't have plans. We never have plans. I no plans anymore. Like, I was talking to folks at work today going, like, if you 
if I went back in time and talked to preteen cable who had just watched Empire Strikes Back and fell in love with Boba Fett starting then and went, so here's the thing. Boba Fett's going to get his own TV series and he's going to be played by a Pacific Islander and his partner in crime is going to be a Chinese American. And yeah. <laughs> I've gone, you're full of bullshit, old man. Also, where's your hair? <laughs> also, hey, remember way back in the day when they first showed Django Fett and they altered Empire Strikes Back to be his voice that every fanboy was like fucking furious about that. And now they mm-hmm. all just can't get enough of him. Mm-hmm. I would love to go back and be like, you guys just don't realize how cool of an actor this guy is. You just, and I just mean, shut up. that circles back to the premise with the matrix and all of the, the dudes trying to control the narrative and being like, no, you don't understand what this is about. Only I understand it. And I'm the right. only true fan that can determine the best course of action for this character. No. Yeah. No. No. You don't you get don't to have what's best. No, you definitely don't. You only know what you want, which is right. valid. Want what you want. Go write some fanfic about it. <laughs> I mean, that's true. If this is not... And this could be with any fandom right now. I'm thinking especially like Star Trek stuff. They're like, this is not Star Trek. Like, well, it is. It's not what you like. Go write your own fucking Star Trek. No one's going to show up. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not like Emperor Star Trek's going to knock down your door and burn your computer for writing your horrible fanfic. <laughs> Emperor Star Trek. Um, like, it's fine. They're not going to do that to you. You know? If you think Trek ended with Gen- Next Generation, then just watch that again. Mm-hmm. And then go read all the next and complain about it. Yep. Yeah, you have to, you have plenty of places. There's seven that. seasons and four movies of that to watch. Go, just go, just go yeah. do that. Yeah, and two of the movies are good. <laughs> two? I generic. like Insurrection. Damn it. I don't hate Insurrection. I I enjoy Insurrection. It has a deeper message hidden behind horrible jokes. I I was I found Generations tolerable until I saw Family for the first time this year, and now I'm really angry at that movie. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, that yeah yeah that was my issue with Generations too. Yeah, yeah, that's it's hard to like that movie. It's like you you killed you killed that family. Yeah, for a line of dialogue. Fuck you. Yeah, there's no reason. It's just to hurt Picard. Mm-hmm. It's dumb. It's dumb. Yeah. There, anyway. there are other ways that that could have been relatable. Yeah. Lazy, cheap. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. Yes. Can't cry about it. No. I'm gonna go write fan fiction retcon the death of. Although that could actually happen in Picard season two, we know there's a lot of timey wimey Q shit going on. He'd be like, you know what? Before one thing, I also want to fix. You know what? I think I think Renee should beam to Starfleet Academy instead of his father taking him on a fucking shuttle mm-hmm. that blows up. How convenient. <laughs> uh, well, I think we should wrap this up. Merrick, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. It was great to have you. We do need to have you on more often. Well, we'll have a Matrix watching party and keep all that info fresh and then bring That's Denise true. back into the combo. Yeah. We'll and then she and black. I can talk about goth shit. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a perfect show. Yep. End of January. I'll, I'll just kick back and drink, literally, and just keep an eye on the chat. That's all I'm mm-hmm. gonna do. Yeah, I think uh, this will be the view of me on the show that week. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's streaming through the 21st of January. Yeah. So yeah. once a week at least. Just Probably power load more. it. Just have it on. I've got two monitors, so I'll just put it on in the background and <laughs> take yeah, notes, awesome. make comparisons. As Indigo says, annual goth shit week is what we could start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could do that. I have some outfits I could pull that off, too. Oh, there's Irma. Where'd she go? Yep, there there's she is. Sleepy Irma. <laughs> Good night, Irma. <laughs> And with that, good night, everybody. Um, I'm Aaron Duran. And I'm, I'm Cable Hashitani. <laughs> See? I Cable, it's the only one yeah, It throws throw everybody off. off. Damn it. it. Yep. It's even weirder when you're gone and I have to do the pause at the very beginning. <laughs> so wrong. Sorry. Uh, Merrick, thank you for joining us. This was awesome. Thank you, Merrick. All right. Well, goodbye, everybody. And we will talk to you next week.